Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Velux XC. Juvederm Velux XC is an ejectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Velux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Kurara, kurara, um, which is of course Manx for Achtung, Achtung. Yes, Manx. I did a I did a gig the other night where um, I was here and I was beamed into a party on the Isle of Man. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was it like? And they had a ca- they had a camera literally going round the room, going up to people and I go, look at the state of you <laughs> from the big screen, like some no. sort of, like some sort of hectoring Big Brother. Yeah, it's have you ever been amazing. there? I have. I've been several times. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's yeah. supposed to be very isn't it? It's a it's a beautiful place. I mean, it's you you get the feeling of how small it is. And and the, when we were talking to David Badil about how, you know, they they built Vienna um, on the Isle of Man. You know, the Jews that were sent yeah. there. Um, I c- could could totally picture it um, from having been, been really? a few times. Yeah, it's 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 a really good place to go uh, to go and play because um, it's got that real uh, like star for entertainment around here vibe. So right, you, right, you right. Go, go on and basically do any old shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's um it's a great, really interesting place to visit, and you do very much feel it's um it's its own place. Well, you know, you know who retired there was um George Macdonald Fraser. Yeah, yeah, and, and he lived uh, out his years, and he liked it because because it was like 1950s Britain. Yeah, and he didn't yeah. want to Robert, move into the modern age. Robert Robert Kane as well, Major Kane from Arnhem, retired there. Did he? Lived there. 
Yeah, I think they all Jeremy, do because because they just Jeremy like being. Jeremy Clarkson around. married his daughter, didn't he? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, that, that was like, a, that was a good little documentary. That's a good little well. documentary. And this well, guy, was especially, well, especially yeah. with the big reveal at the end, I thought that was great. Yeah, 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 yeah. very strong. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, we're talking about um, the Isle of Man, of course, because uh, it's thanks to long-time listener Mr. Bronson. Um, is that Mr. Bronson of Grange Hill fame, um, who lives on the Isle of Man? <laughs> <laughs> that actor played Hitler, didn't he? Who lives on the Isle of Man and claims to have heard every episode of We Have Ways of Making You Talk, which is more than I have. There are pills for that sort of affliction mr bronson we're recording this episode on may the 25th aren't we or is it no it's the 24th today 24th um, today. and yeah and 80 well, years ago the battle was raging um between yeah. the falchim jaeger and the duke forces um, the <laughs> british and anzac defenders duke forces on crete of course and um um i've been you know oh my goodness me it's it's it I makes mean, it makes a very it, it, i mean I've really enjoyed reading it, but at the same time, in a kind of sort of slightly sort of masochistic way, because it's kind of well, it's it's, 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 it's jam packed with with so many things to talk about, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 an amazing story. I mean, the whole plan for Crete in the first place, from the German point of view, is utterly utterly bonkers. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, they're, they're they're furiously the Germans at this point. So to listen, it's, it's worth just sort of thinking about what the Germans are doing. In yep. May 1941, but primarily they're, they're finishing off they, the Blitz, and the Blitz finishes on the 15th of May against yep. Britain because they need the Luftwaffe um, assembled for Barbarossa, the, uh, for Barbarossa, which is going to be launched in the third week of June, and this is the biggest military undertaken um, uh, undertaking ever in the history of the world at this yeah. stage. There, yeah, there yeah. is nothing that is of bigger scale than Operation Barbarossa. No, ever. No, no, it's never been. It's also like this has ever been attempted. It's also a massive undertaking, um, a, a, fraught with risk, in which you want absolutely your top draw, everything you can possibly throw at it, <laughs> at that particular point. Yep. What you don't want is Panzer divisions in Egypt, but there's reasons why they're there, and they're probably just about justifiable. So you're kind of short of a few Panzer divisions, just, you know, that's, that's yeah. not helpful. What you don't want to be doing at that point is launching another major operation against an island of really, really dubious strategic value, which is going to achieve <laughs> very, very little. Yeah. A month before. And it's not even a month before because it, it get you know, it should, it should yeah, be because it drags six, on eight, and, eight weeks yeah. before and then it becomes kind of, you know, drags on and gets put back. I mean, the whole reason they're going to Crete in the first place is insane because Hitler asks his Section L planning team of the OKW, the Oberkommando de Wehrmacht, which is the kind yep. of German general staff, to prepare. You know, you know, if, if I was sort of thinking about it, what, what would be better, Crete or Malta? You know, one of them would be quite good, wouldn't it? Uh, and they, you know, Wallemont, General Wallemont concludes Neva's a very good idea, but if you're going to do one, Malta is definitely the one to go for because that's the one that's the biggest pain in the ass. Because, you yeah. know, from Malta, yeah. you've got submarines, yeah. you've got ships, you've got aircraft, you've got everything attacking yeah. your your um, your your convoys through to, to North Africa. Yeah. Well, they're not doing that from Crete. No. Now, Crete's not really doing anything. It, uh, well, Crete, well, no, I no. if you, you, you could flip it quick, Crete. Um, arguably gives you access to the Plessy oil fields if you're the Allies and if you're yeah, yeah, but, you but, but, to, but, if you but, want but, to do some you know uh, uh, bombing in the other direction it it it, it in the right. long run it, it suits you nicely doesn't it that okay okay so so yes possibly 
but but you know, Britain's just had a massive bloody nose increase in 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 Greece. Yeah, it's not going. It hardly got any RAF in the area at all. You know yep. what RAF it has got? It's got on Malta and it's got in you know in Egypt. It's not there's nothing on Crete. There was nothing in in Greece. So the Greece operation has bought you time, and Plasti is quite a long way away from Crete, and it's also ringed with gargantuan numbers of anti-aircraft guns mm. and fighter planes and all the rest of it. Yeah. So it's pretty well defended. So the chances of kind of the RAF suddenly sort of, you know, hot-footing it onto Crete any time soon and suddenly building up a massive air base from which to smash Presti is, is, you know, on balance pretty small. So therefore, yep. yeah, sure, you know, Crete would be quite handy. And don't forget the reason for attacking Crete in the first place, as issued in, opera, uh, what was it, Führer Directive Number 28, issued on the yep. 25th of April 1941, is... To do for to launching air operations against the British in the Eastern Mediterranean, so yeah. you just don't need to do that at that particular point. You know, your priority's yeah. got to be Barbarossa. What the hell are they doing? Even yeah, thinking I mean, if, about this at this well, time. Well, but this talks about that. This this speaks to the, the the stuff we've been talking about before about um, strategic intelligence. That 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 that, and it's because of Hitler that that you you know you. You, you can run a fee you can be Warlimont and you can run a feasibility all you want, but he might not listen. He might not read it. He's easily distracted. I mean, you could. The thing is, is the invasion of Crete look, looks to me like someone playing Risk, isn't it? As you sort of think, oh, I can hop over to that island. That's not that far from. It's, you know, you know what yeah, I mean. Without do. really at all thinking about yeah, what but, you're what you're committing yourself to. It just in terms of then having to occupy it for a long time and and then defend it. And then run it oh, and just, administrate it, and and, and it just—it's this thing of just use it. If in the long run, you're just you're going to end up the soldiers. Those soldiers could be used somewhere else. And as you say, you're about to take on the the uh, the, the biggest the biggest uh, uh, undertaking anyone has ever done militarily. I mean, these uh, the Falschimjäger Falschimjäger could be very useful somewhere else. Well, um, fourteen thousand of them. Fourteen thousand yeah. of them. Five hundred transport planes. Yeah. Okay, okay, that is that is gold dust for 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 Operation Barbarossa. Yeah. You know, the but one thing they lack is that is the ability to successfully yeah. maneuver and move supplies. But whose paw prints are all over this thing? It's Goering, right? If you want if you want uh if you if what you really want is a German cock up involving involving um a misunderstanding of air power and its potential and also the risk um that you put your air power under when you do something like this. Goering's your man, isn't he? Yeah. I mean... He, guaranteed he, to kind of cock it all up. Guaranteed to cock it up. But then also, the, the, you know, Student is... Um, quite, it's very interesting. He, he, he wants to... to German, German Falschimjäger doc, doctrine, airborne doctrine, which the British have found out about because they've got hold of it um, yeah. uh, in 1940, haven't they? Is what you do, and it's basically that you capture an airfield and then you... And then you you use that as your staging post. That's really, really, really smart, right? Uh, and ideally suited for this, essentially, because there are airfields. And of course, I mean, the other thing this—the other thing that's really interesting about this is, you know, um, when people say, "Oh, you know, thanks to Ultra, we knew everything that the enemy were going to do." Well, on this occasion, thanks to Ultra, we knew everything that we were going to do. And because we, and because Freiburg thought, well, we know they're coming, we know what they're going to do, we know what's going to happen, we've got no problem dealing with this. And that, that actually, Ultra, in this instance, rather than helping, um, 
makes you overconfident and makes you misread a situation as well, much as any, as much as anything else, which I think is really interesting because after all, you know, if you're a, if you're a, if oh ultra means we know what the Germans are going to do, which means we can defeat them. Whereas on this occasion, what it means is that is that you don't defeat them because you're thinking, oh, we've got that figured out, rather than thinking. Yeah, I mean, you, you know I'm what I mean. Thinking, and I think that's really, really interesting because that runs against the grain of the idea that ultra is the key to victory. Leadership and good decision making, based on the intelligence you have, is the thing that leads to good decision making. Not the, not simply knowing. You know, well, uh, the, it, the it, intelligence it, picture all round is absolutely woeful. So, so um, yeah. the, the Germans. They think there's. They, 10, know they think there's, about They know nothing about Crete at all. They know they. Yeah. They think there's ten thousand. Depends who you read, but what, one one thing I read said they think they know there's. They think there's five thousand. You know, they just don't know, do they? But they don't really know. They don't know. But, but they certainly yeah. don't think there's forty two thousand. And no. um, uh, and it's really interesting. You know, you again, it's a, it's the whole point of a an airborne operation. It's supposed to be a coup de man operation. It's supposed to have the element of surprise. Um, you're supposed to attack with a kind of you know a rule of thumb three to one. That they have a four to one disadvantage or one to four disadvantage. You know, yeah. so everything yeah. about it is just sort of stacked against them from the yeah. word go. I mean, the, the intelligence picture that the British have on the Germans is incredibly good, but of course, it's as we know, it's misused. And and the interesting thing about yeah. Freiburg is. You know, Freiburg is 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 a is an amazing guy. You know, he's got these yep. twenty seven bullet holes on him from the First World War. You know, he's come over to England in nineteen fourteen. He's joined the Royal Naval Division. He's fought at Gallipoli. He's fought on the Western Front. He's a really good bloke. You know, he's yep. he's, he's 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 a bear of a man. You know, he's yep. he's honourable. He'll do every, you know, he'll never shirk in the face of duty, all those sort of things. You know, he's a really, really good guy. The big problem is he's just a bit thick. And he's just, <laughs> you know, and, he, and he's retired from the army in 1934. So he's, you know, he, he's out of the army and obviously then brought back in um, when the war begins. So he's out at that crucial time just as things are starting to modernise. You know, he's, he's yeah. out of the loop at that crucial moment of sort of developing air power and all the rest of it. And he's just, he just doesn't have the intellectual capacity. And, and he can be sheltered a lot but by having a decent staff officers underneath yeah. immediately after him. But but the problem is that Crayforce is kind of thrust upon him really quickly. And yeah. there isn't the staff, you know, the, 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 the yeah. basis for yes. that kind of for that force that 42,000 men just isn't there it's like a core really and he doesn't have yeah. the staff of a, of a core and the big problem he has is he's been trusted with with ultra and and someone as honorable and and, and kind of bound by duty as Freiburg is never ever going to risk compromising this great secret that he's been let in on yeah, yeah. so he goes the other way so he knows that the airfield at Malemi is the is the big target but he thinks oh I mustn't I mustn't over protect it because then well, they well, might think they might think that you know um um but was he not overruled about destroy about uh disabling the air, the airfield that he wanted to do that and he was overruled by um uh yes he's not disabling but but he could have put more troops there i mean obviously yes, he could have put ob more troops you know, there. everyone well, knows it's, it's not rocket well, science to work out that that is going yeah, to be their number one target yeah but to go back to student the interesting thing is student student wants to what he wants to do is disperse his effort i mean this which is really really interesting yeah which and, he does and, and and which he does and it causes him colossal problems yeah and i think one of the i mean one of the really i mean one of the things about this i think someone tweeted about this the other day that you know if student if it had gone wrong student after that wouldn't have been allowed to open envelopes like like no. he'd have been you know he'd have been thoroughly ruined yeah and 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 i mean we've talked about it's it's interesting this because at the end of day one 
Well, hang on a minute. Right? Let's, see, I think it's worth just <laughs> say, saying what the plan is. I mean, what they do. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, for those who so don't, aren't, aren't au yeah. fait with Crete. So basically, yeah, they so have... You go on, you say. Yeah, three, they split it into three pieces. Um, uh, Malemi, there's an airfield and the idea is to capture the airfield and then reinforce them there. But they're, they're literally going, they're going east, middle, east, centre, west of the island, aren't they? They've split yeah. their effort into, into three groups. And so there's, there's Rathimnon, yeah. which is where the yeah. Aussies are. Then there's yeah, Heraklion, yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. is the ancient centre of, of Crete, yeah. which is where the, uh, where the British are. Yeah. And instead and of, kind of the getting Kiwi, the airfield... Kiwis at, Kiwis then, at Malimi, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd have, thought, you'd have thought the obvious thing to do is cram everything into the kind of eastern end of, of and western end of Crete. Yeah. Everything, yeah. E- all your effort on Malemi. Yeah. And and Kanea, the the port. Yeah. And then just move move east. Which you? all of which all of which are under fire to cover. All of which are e- easier to access. And you know, you land you land absolutely your entire effort there. And don't disperse, which is very, which is, and, and as students saying, I wanted to make most of the of the surprise. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 very interesting because because uh, you know, airborne airborne operations, you have to make the most of your surprise, but what you also have to do is to make the most of your punch because your punch is necessarily diminished because you're essentially dropping light infantry in, and you know, the the the, the lot. If you get to the end of day one at Malemi and you don't know about day two and you don't know about what those battalions do when they redeploy, you'd assume the Germans lose this campaign. Um, you know, I think it's one of the, the third battalion in the in, in the first assault force. They lose like 400, killed yeah. 400 of 600 men. There's one company that loses 112 people killed yeah. instantly. Yeah. You know, there's this, the, the, the adjutant in one of the New Zealand battalions doesn't even get out of his chair to kill blokes landing parachuting amazing it's absolute and it's a and it is a slaughter and even when they run into the to the 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 greek um militia um the falchium jaeger do really really badly Uh, in the initial assault they they get into the town they're kicked out again you know and even even at the little tiny port of castelli kissimu right right on well it's castelli where they have Exactly, they get a proper kicking, and and it's it's really three out of seventy two are butchered by the locals. Yeah, yeah, it's but it's really interesting, isn't it, as well? Because because um, you know, Alan Clark famously wrote a book about this, and I, I went, I've, I've got a copy. I went to have a look, and Anthony Beaver's written a book, and Clark's book is very interesting because it's you know it's from the sixties, and so it's it, 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 and the thing about Alan Clark, I don't know if people remember Alan Clark, but he was this the Tory MP. He was a sort of ghastly. Um, shagger and uh, second half and car salesman and the man who coined the phrase lions led by donkeys we think he found it and used it for his first world war history anyway his history of crete because he was a he, he had a bit of a thing about he was a bit of a hitler fan in a strange way clark yeah, was one yeah, of those yeah, people yeah, who was. felt who felt that the that the british he was a proper declinist that's right, and he also felt that we sh- that the British should have sided with the Nazis to fight the Soviets. Really, that's what he really thought. But his book is full of it's really really interesting as, as a period piece because it's full of a lot of the stuff that's still around. You know, the, the German soldier with his martial qualities, particularly the Fallschirmjäger, and he prints the Fallschirmjäger you know code that they have stitched into their uniforms, the ten values of the Fallschirmjäger and all that. And he says basically, when they land and it starts going wrong, they they can't. They, they 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 have no answers. They have they really can't figure out what to do and how. And, and he's saying these are supposedly crack troops. And he's having this. You can read you it, basically Clark's cognitive dissonance. So he can't cope with the idea that these blokes can't figure out what to do. But it's 
because they're getting an absolute kicking and the glider landings are a proper disaster at Malimi. You know, with, mm. with uh, the gliders being shot up by Bofus guns and Bren guns and really, really, really... And they're those little nine-man gliders that are like the, um, are like the hot spur that the British used. That You know, they're getting an absolute total kicking. So if, you, if, you're, write, if you're writing this as a drama at the end of day one, or if you're Freiburg at the end of day one, you think, well, you know... That went well, didn't it? We got nothing to worry about here, yeah, chaps. Yeah, I, I remember absolutely. And and you and the other the other big criticism I remember from Anthony's book was that you know the lack of preparations on Crete. You know, yeah. only only yeah. had two anti aircraft guns, and it was absolutely woeful. And it was no, you know, it was hardly anything there. And the kind of classic British unpreparedness. But, but yeah. there's no point because yeah, you know, every 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 gun is really important. You know, everything is yeah. vital. Every every supply is, is, is really important. You don't put it on Crete because it's not needed on Crete. Yeah. You know, yeah. no one's anticipating. Yeah. You know, so I don't think that you can blame the British for the lack of preparedness on Crete because it's, it's, it's only, you know, it's only at the end of April that it becomes even a kind of a possibility. But you can't, you, can, you absolutely can blame um, them for the way they then deal with the, the end of the first it day. It is the re, really the re, bad. The redeployments, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I think it's on a par with Sedan. You know, it's like, it's the Germans are thinking, right, what we really need the British to do right now is, is give withdraw. up defend, is withdraw and give up defending this airfield. If only they do that, then we're in with a then we're in with a chance. Whether it's Hargist or whether it's the battalion commanders in Leslie, yeah, it's Leslie Andrew and Hargist. They're the two yeah. people who are really to blame. Uh, and you, you know you have to. And they're not so, talking so to each other properly, no. are they? And they're not talking to Freiburg, and no one knows what's no one. And there's a, a, a you know a, a, a battalion that they think's been overrun, and it hasn't. And this whole this whole thing of no one talking to anyone properly, and then drawing really stupid yeah. conclusions. Yeah. I, I think it, I think it's worth 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 sort of yeah, paint, painting this a little bit. So what yeah. you've got you you've got twenty second New Zealand Brigade holding the Malemi area, and next to them yeah. you've got the fifth New Zealand Brigade. And yep. The problem is there aren't they're, they're low on radios. It's a kind of the same problems from 1940. So your yep. your sedan analogy is is kind of not a bad one really, but from that point of view, and so they're dependent on field telephones and lines yep. are being cut and, and you know and it's just all a bit of a you know the the comms are not good and because there's fashion all over friction. the place, yeah. friction, it's friction, yeah, and because friction. because and because the um, fashion Jaeger all over the over the place, it's very difficult to get dispatch riders as well from from one yep. place to another. Yeah. So, so, so lots getting lost in the fog of war, and Colonel Leslie Andrew, who's commanding Twenty um, Second Brigade, has got this. He's got a hold of the of the of the of of Malemi, but there's all he thinks there's more um, Fashion Jaeger around than there actually are. Yeah. He hasn't really thought through the whole thing of you know if you're Fashion Jaeger you haven't got very much ammo, and if you're mainly equipped with with you know MP40s. Which has a magazine which lasts three seconds if you fire it continually. They're going yeah. to run out of ammo really, really quickly, which is exactly you have to press, what happens at Heraklion, actually. Which is yeah. why they have and to you withdraw. have to pre- and you have to you have to press close with MP40s. It's not like... and you have to press close. So all yeah. they've got to do is hold on. But he feels he's under strength, and he wants reinforcements. And Hargest, who is next door to him, refuses. Yeah. He refuses to send reinforcements. And yeah. so as dusk comes down, Andrew thinks he has no choice but to withdraw. And it, yeah. and it is a terrible, terrible decision. But it but it would have been completely avoidable if Freiburg had packed the Malemi area. And the reason yeah. he doesn't is because he's worried that if he does so, the Germans will realise that 
you know, they're they're they're, they're compromised. They're compromised. Whereas and defending an airfield, it's, defending an airfield it's is like just a thing so you. Mad. I mean, it's defending so an airfield ridiculous. is a thing you ought to do anyway. You know, right? The one thing, the one, the key, key, key place on Crete. If you're going to defend anything, yeah. should be there. Yeah, I mean, so in a way, student students, uh, I know, will spread the effort for maximum sort of uh, confusion and impact rather than rather than concentration pays off in that respect i mean in lots of ways it's a lot like uh, on the night of d-day where there are there are paratroopers basically all over the whole of normandy <coughs> cough because it all goes wrong yeah. um uh, uh, you know that, that that then confuses the germans into not knowing where the schwerpunkt is essentially whereas it's in this instance like you just said there is only one place that you know it's a port and it's an airfield if you're defending it's yeah. malimi and it's and it's Khania. you know if he's you're also defend... and 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 Freiburg bizarrely is really weird about a seaborne invasion, which is which which Admiral Cunningham has got completely kind of he's got hold of that and and that's just yeah. not going to be a threat and he keeps saying him don't worry about that I've got that one covered yeah. but but for some yeah. weird reason he becomes obsessed with it so that's why he overcompensates with more people at Canaia than yeah um, th- than he needs to and so consequently as a result the following morning. I suddenly realised, hang on a minute, my name is, you know, I mean, student is about to call off the whole thing. You know, General yeah. Lur, who is the overall commander, is about to call off the whole yep. thing. It's like, this has been yeah, a yeah. terrible catastrophe. I'm literally going, and, 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 and student knows that his neck is absolutely on the line with this. So he goes, oh, one last roll of the dice. I'm going to send over a plane and I'm going to go, right, you're going to land on Malemi Airfield and just tell me yep. whether you can or not. And yep. so this plane comes over, touches down, what about midday something like something like that isn't it late yep. morning touches down takes off again lots of shots comes back with bullet holes in it but he's done it and he yeah. goes right i'm going to send in the fifth gebergsjäger yeah. division the mountain division yeah under ramka and by five o'clock that night they're landing and they're touching down and loads of them are getting shot up and you know there's crashes of j50 yep. wrecks all over malemi but they just keep clearing them out of the way another one comes down they just land and land and land and it is all over you know it's just yeah. it, it you know in that moment malemi's lost they've got the yeah. germans have got their ability to kind of rebuild their their force up on crete yeah. and it's and it's it's good night charlie it's just it's yeah. all over because you know the Cree force although it's quite substantial in numbers is is not very well um, armed, they haven't got enough guns, they haven't got any any yeah. tanks or anything like well, that. Well, I mean, the, the fact they're called Cree Force is a bit of a sort of red herring, isn't it? They, 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 they're not a force. They're not they're not an organised thing with an organised no. uh, uh, headquarters structure or leadership or any uh, any of that stuff. I mean, they're ba- it's basically who's on Crete is in Cree Force. Whoever's on Crete is part yeah. of Cree Force, rather yeah. than it being a, a, anything faintly organised. I mean, it's interesting, though, because... That that all the Germans' naval attempts, uh, 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 you know, amphibious attempts to land, basically screw up, don't yeah, they? Completely. And you sort of, when you sort of get a glimpse of what um, a sea, sea lion, lion. Uh, <laughs> might, might might have been like, you know, they're in these <clears throat> kikes, aren't they? Yeah. And uh, uh, which gets which gets sunk. Um, uh, is that how you pronounce that word? That's, I think so. Yeah, I know. But they get absolutely anyway. slaughtered. They get absolute a complete kicking, even though the navy, uh, you know, it, it's costing the navy, um, uh, and the, uh, from air attack. But the navy, like, well, they can deal with it. They uh, and it, the, I mean, ironically, it's the Italians who land more successfully than the Germans because the Italians have their naval side of things together right. because they are, after all, a naval power. Um, uh, uh, you know, and it, the the Italians successfully land people at Sitia, don't they? Yeah. You know, in a, in a way, the Germans simply can't do i mean i 
you, it's you amazing. Know. It's amazing. And and you know, by by the twenty second, you know, two days after the invasion, you know, it's it's looking really quite good for the you know and and, and for the Germans and Freiburg orders a withdrawal yeah. around Canaia. Yeah, uh, and suddenly, you know, from that moment on, it's just it's just all over because suddenly the Germans can just keep going, and and the evacuation is actually ordered on the twenty seventh within a week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, most of them I mean, get it, off. I mean, twenty eight twenty eight thousand out of forty two thousand get get away. Well, you know. and then can and then can of course be recycled and used in um uh in North Africa. So you know, in that respect, you've sh- you know the Allies get to shorten their lines in this instance, don't they? Rather than yes, <laughs> but, but you know the interesting thing is there is there is I think I don't think there's ever a single Luftwaffe attack on Cairo. It might be one on Alexandra or something, but they never use it. And you know by July, the British have got airfields in um yeah. Syria. So that kind of yeah. neutralizes the threat from Crete, yeah. and the Germans have lost half their attacking force, fifty percent dead, and fifty percent of their transport planes are are gone. You know, which yeah. they're going to need in in the Soviet Union. I mean, it, yeah. it it is, you know, so it is absolutely a pyrrhic victory. I mean, it it's it's bonkers. It's it's so badly fought by the British, but but you know, in, in let, commanded by the by, by the um by the Duke forces on on Crete. Yeah. But the you know, and that that's the frustration of it, isn't it? Is it should have been a really, you know, that would have been a really damaging defeat. At that well, point, I mean, you wonder if out you, of Barbarossa. Well, exactly. You wonder you wonder what you wonder what it would have done to to to, to um, that whether the because Hitler, after all, does prevaricate prevaricate in his decision making, does change his mind over the slightest thing and wibble and wobble and flip flop and all that sort of yeah. stuff. And you wonder if a defeat at Crete. Would have made him, I don't know, hesitate for four weeks or something. Because after all, you know, one of the one of the things about Barbarossa people is go oh, because it started late. That's why it went wrong. And if they'd gone earlier, you know, they would have beaten the winter and all that sort of thing. Uh, I, I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I subscribe to that because after all, essentially what happens is they catch the Russians with their trousers down. The Russians, you know, it's the pattern of the Second World War. They catch the Russians with the trousers down. The Russians, Russians figure out how to pull their trousers back up in the nick of time. Uh, you know, that, but it's also the, because they, 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 you know, they, they reach their culmination point. They, you know, yeah, exactly, the point exactly. where they, they can no fun- longer function in the way yeah, that they need yeah, to function. That's because yeah, they yeah. don't a, a supplier too long, yeah, and yeah. It, you know, that's partly due to the to the winter. But it's but it's more than that. It's just yeah, their supply yeah. lines are too but, long. But, but, let, but let's but let's just say let's just say you know the allies the allies defeat the invasion of Crete and Hitler wobbles for three four weeks about Barbarossa, and they go even later. And then they really are buggered by the winter. You know, they don't they don't get they don't get to Moscow and or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. That knock on um, it is. It's a sort of I mean, it's a it's a Pyrrhic victory for the Germans. But but I mean, it really it's got every, every component of allied of Duke. It's because it's not the Americans. So we have to call it Duke. Duke military nervous breakdown shit that yeah. that that. Of the first two years, first three years of the Second World War, before basically uh, um, you have a lot of professionals sort of elbow their way through and go, no, I'm afraid we're going to have to do it like this. We can't do it do it in amateur hour style anymore. And the stuff starts to arrive that, of course, has been... that the, 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 the British have been buying since 1939. 
it all starts to arrive. Is it? Who is it that says I? Ha- I you know, it, it must be terrible being a general. You have to wait. It, it goes bad, and then two years the stuff starts to arrive, and you start winning. Who said that? Is that Macmillan that said that? I can't remember. Someone like that. Someone, someone. But, but you know what I mean. And it's the, 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 the creep very much falls into the. We don't know how to d- make these decisions, and also the sort of dazzling, blitzkriegy stuff. You know, you're you're a full year into people reading in the newspapers about Blitzkrieg, aren't you? And and the British Army ba- basically sort of going, ah, Christ, how do we deal with these people? Um, you know, and they've the the, the British the, the British the Duke forces got a kicking in Greece um, for for all sorts of reasons too. So you can see why you can see why a battalion commander won't go, oh God, here we go again. We we need to withdraw because b- being engaged is too difficult. And we need to we need to withdraw, shorten our lines, figure out what to do, rather than hang on to this hill at all costs. Because anything, anything, I mean, again, it's this thing: anything that attrits a paratrooper is a good thing, you know, a paratroop force. I, I mean, I mean, it's I, I think there's there's plenty of evidence of of how airborne forces, German airborne forces, operate by May yeah. 1941. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and got, and for got the hands you know, on the manual, uh, you know, Wavell's <laughs> Wavell's not on it enough. You know, he should have said to he should have made it absolutely clear to to Freiburg the one thing you must never do is lose Malami Airfield. Yeah, you know that yeah. that is, you know, and that's not being wise after the event. That is just really obvious military practice, and that's and it's not obvious and in nineteen forty one. And you don't need to read the ultra to realise that. No, and and you know, and Freiburg should have known that instinctively anyway. I mean, he yeah. you know he, he might not be the sharpest tool in the shed, but but I mean, he's not an idiot by any stretch of the imagination. You know, he he's he's got plenty of experience. It might be kind yeah. of experience from a previous war, but I mean, he's going to know enough and have enough people around him to know that Malemi is the key. And mm. so you just defend that with your life. I mean, that that's that's your job. That's what you've got to do. And so it's just, it's so frustrating reading this because, you know, reading about Crete and, and looking into it and studying it because you cannot believe it happened. I mean, yeah. it's absolutely abject. It's, it's, it's a terrible episode. And I think it is the nadir, really, in, in many ways, of that, of 1941, and in, in the kind of, in the, in the war against Nazi Germany, isn't it? Don't panic. We sink the Bismarck in the same week. Hey, everyone, look over here. We just sank the Bismarck. I mean, that's basically what happens in the newspapers, isn't it? Bismarck yes. sunk, which is after all, which well, after arguably, all happens, happens in home in home waters. So you can go, you see, that's the that's the business end. That's where we're giving that's where we're giving them the and of course battle of the Atlantic, the most important uh, theater of the of the of the second world war anyway and that yep. you know and yeah, yeah. anything that's anything that's good bad news for the kriegsmarine is good news for that front that campaign yeah i mean i don't think that you know the, the the navy gets straight into the war really quickly and does really really well right from the start it's the army that's a, where, where there's some sort of question marks and you yeah. know they they get their shit together by this you know by august 1942 haven't they they've, yeah. they've kind of sorted it out they know yeah. what they need to do and they've got the right place people in the right positions and all the rest of it um and they're pretty successful thereafter. But but the army at this point is still yeah. what a way to learn, though. Honestly, I mean, Jeepers. when you consider you consider how big the German forces and how many people. I mean, I know we've we've said that Kree force. That's just a name for a thing. That's just a that's a sort of letterhead, isn't it? At best, mm. I mean, it, 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 it's you know. It's not three to one, is it? Um, that the Germans are uh, uh, operating on. It's one to three, and they win. It's, it's one um, to four. One to four. I know. I know. It's one to four. Can we stop talking about this? It's too depressing. <laughs> but, but, 
but it's an amazing episode. But I, you know, but May nineteen forty one is a, you know it's, it's a massive month in the in the war. Yeah. And, and I and I still think that you know Crete definitely affects Barbarossa. You know, it just yeah. does. You know, if you if you're short of of two hundred and fifty transport planes when you you know when you're really really badly going to need yeah. in 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 the Soviet Union. That's a big hole in your inventory. It just, yeah. it just is. You know, it, it works against them, and it, and it makes no strategic sense at all. There, there is, there is some strategic sense for for, for the Germans capturing Crete, but not in May nineteen forty one. But not enough. Not enough. Not basically. enough. It's not enough. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it makes no. You know, you you've got to prioritize, and it, and we've said this before. But but you know, the Germans repeatedly don't prioritize correctly. Yeah. And this is a yeah. absolutely glaring example the, of it. Because the boss is easily distracted, basically. Yeah. It's amazing place. Lovely place to visit, though. Yes, it's a lovely place to visit. Absolutely, Heraklion's um, gorgeous. Yeah, oh, it's all it's all amazing. It's a, a, yeah. a beautiful place yeah. and great water parks too. Anyway, we need to take a, <laughs> <laughs> we need to take a, a brief break. We'll be back in a second. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. As ever. Um, we talked for half an hour then about a thing we were just going to touch on. Um, I'll do the news. We've got some news. A few bits of news. Live stream independent company news. First of all, those of you able to join the live stream last Thursday, we hope you enjoyed the extraordinary contribution of Hop Chalfant, he was former great. US Navy submarine hunter. Well, I saw the colonel at the weekend who wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> God, it was, God, it was fascinating. Did he, have a good, did he have a good birthday, the colonel? He had a lovely birthday. Yes, I had a, a lovely, nice I had a lovely email back from him the other day. Oh, that's good to hear. Yes, he said I had a very nice message from James, um, <laughs> uh, uh, and he's he was also he was very pleased with the reception of his article about the bridging on D Day yes. or the or the Con Canal on uh, River Bridge stuff. That 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 field company, I think seventy one field company, who like they lost their commanding officer, the second the t- the two I see and the recce officer were all killed trying to put bridging in. Yeah, on on D Day. It's a hell of a story. I mean, that. And, and then they merge, and still get two Bailey bridges up in twelve hours. I know it's incredible. And the little the and the bulldozers on the LZs is fantastic. They brought these tiny bulldozers in in um in uh, in horses or hamel cars. I'm not sure. And and had to clear all the Rommel's asparagus from the LZ right. and cleared two thousand yard strips in the in LZW. And then of course the guys just land anywhere. <laughs> but um, uh, if if you heard that on Friday, um, uh, anyway, um, uh, yes, uh, and Hop, Hop Hop apparently was amazing and talking about how he was wonderful. You know that the, the, the subs would be in amongst the in amongst the uh, fishing fleets, yeah, and they'd be at the different la- different layers of water that behave differently in relation to sonar and all that sort of stuff. I mean, absolutely incredible. Yeah. It was um, anyway, good. anyway, um, and Peter Cuddy got him sat in for me because I was working. A reminder that we do the podcast. Once a week, live on the internet. So you can see James and I in our re- respective dens or wherever we end up talking about this sort of stuff. You get a 90-minute show featuring amazing guests um, uh, and and also the sidebar of shame where the independent company members, the Patreons, all talk to each other, catch up and gossip and very often don't listen to what James and I are talking about, um, uh, which I, I don't know if I'm bothered by or not. I can't decide. Anyway, there's a small <laughs> cost for joining. I'm not bothered. <laughs> Uh, good, excellent. Um, a membership, basically. You, sometimes I don't know whether I, to listen to you or to read the read the stuff because there's so much going on in gossip and chat. Anyway, the membership, uh, Patreon membership, is uh, six pounds a month, which helps us cover the costs of doing the live shows and supplying all the extra content, including the audiobooks and films of our trips to see tanks and planes and all that sort of stuff. It's basically, stand in front of stuff and go crikey. 
Um, two thousand. Wow, look at that! Oh, I do like the armor on the Churchill. Two thousand three hundred <laughs> of you have joined up so far, and it's a really lovely community of like-minded people who all enjoy a bit of war chat, war waffle, and the chance to put questions to top historians. There's no obligation. The regular podcasts, of course, are all free, and they'll stay that way. But if you do want to join the independent companies, it calls itself. Um, you'd be very welcome indeed. The website is Patreon.com/slash/WeHaveWays. Patreon spelt. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. So patron with an E jammed in. Um, and if you're a patron, and if you're a uh, regular listener to the podcast, you may know that we're holding a We Have Ways Second World War Festival this September. It's very exciting, this, isn't it, Jim? Yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. I really it, can't wait for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, a full weekend of this in the flesh. It's Friday the 17th of September to Sunday the 19th of September. So um, uh, Market Garden fans, it's the weekend of Market Garden, so we may end up talking about that. We've got about 50... It's possible. It's possible. It's possible. 50 military vehicles coming in. At least. At at least. Tanks, gun carriers, uh, field ambulances, armoured cars, you name it. Artillery pieces, the lot. A host of speakers... Yeah, we've also got we've also got Monty's men coming, who are are the best living his, history group yeah. around, and they don't perform to the public normally. No, what they do basically is they dig into a wood and live there for the weekend, don't they? Yeah, that's sort of yeah. They just get on with being doing Tommies. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah, being Tommies. Um, so we have a host of speakers and guests for you all to meet. If you're a regular to the po- podcast, several of the people, in fact, many, I think I'll go further than several, many of the people that you will have heard on the podcast are regular people, regular faces. We'll be um, speaking and uh, taking questions and all that sort of stuff. So you can meet a lot of the people you've listened to over the last year in particular, since the first lockdown. Year yeah, and I'll tell you who, um, just, just confirmed is Dickless Frank. And he's coming. Oh, brilliant. No, yeah. really? Yeah, 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 he's in. Son oh, of wow. Hans Frank. Oh, you my know, God. Of the, yeah, of Poland. Wow. Infamy. Excellent. Yeah, and he's, he's just so fascinating about... Yeah that upbringing and his relationship yeah. with his parents and, you know, being the son of a man who was hanged at Nuremberg. How old is he? He must be in his 90s. No? Is he not in his late no, 80s? No, no, no. He was born in... So he's in his 30, 80s? 39, something like that. Right, he might okay, be just, okay. He's just 80 or 81 okay, or two. Right, or okay. so. He's an absolute okay. laugh. Also, the other people we've got coming in, the garrison, who are just um, amazing with their artillery. Yeah. So they have British yeah. artillery. They're, they're another living history group, but they, they're absolute business. They, they take it so seriously. And yep. and the drills they do are just stupendous. I mean, you're you're looking at how it would have been done. So you yeah. see, you know, you can see a battery of twenty five pounders. They'll roll up in their in their you know I mean, their limbers and and all the rest of it. They are they uh, unshackle them all, get them all out. All the right orders, all the right firing drills, all that kind of stuff, and they fire them. It's it's absolutely amazing to watch. Brilliant! I can't so wait to see that actually. Yeah, I mean, no, no, it's really really know. good. Whoever it is that says what's not to like has to be applied to that. Um, yes, and there's going to be indeed. there's going to be beer as well. Importantly, there will be beer, including a Friday night drinks party with the Second World War quiz, um, uh, brought to us by the Fighting on Film uh, guys. Um, Colin Bell, firearms. he's coming, isn't he? Friday yeah, Colin night. Bell's coming. Now we've limited this event to one thousand tickets, which means we have been prioritising sales to our Patreon members so far. If there are any left at the end of this month, May. Um, of which there's a week to run. We'll be putting them on general sale, so hopefully we'll get to see some of you there. If you are a member, there's a link to the tickets on the Patreon site. If not, keep an eye out on Twitter, and we'll be letting you know if there are any tickets left on the 1st of June. To warn you, though, 720 of these tickets have already been snapped up for the weekend. Right. 
Should we do? Let's. Should I'm we do still a off question? Twitter. I'm still off Twitter. Oh yeah, you got hacked, didn't you? I got hacked. Can't get back in. No one. The good folk at Twitter don't want to help me. Really? No, they said it'd be a few days, and it's been you're a, ten you're days. A you're a blue tick. You're a big, blue tick. Big, yeah, no, big well, figure you know, on it. I know it's sort of Kafkaesque. You just sort of get, yeah. get. You just can't. You can't speak to anybody. Well, maybe the person who hacked you is saying, "No, I'm James Holland." You know that that, that could be that too, couldn't it? <laughs> maybe. Um, anyway. <laughs> but, um, yeah. In, in the meantime, I've been doing little. Uh, Daisy has been uh, is my director producer. Has been making little films for TikTok. Oh, lovely! <laughs> yeah, it's been fantastic. But I, I keep getting them sort of taken down because I, I, I once I mentioned the word Nazi, that was not, no oh, good. So yeah, that yeah, good. Like then it. I then I then I was taking part of Sten Gun, but I made the mistake of saying Gun. Um, oh, really? In the title, you can't have Gun or Nazi, so you can get round it. Obviously, right. So I, I'm going to have another go with the Sten. But just call it a Sten, not Sten but if you call, What if you say Nuzdap? Would, would it pick that up? Nuzdap. I don't think so. I think I can try it. Nuzdap. Yeah. You know? Or I, 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 I think we've, we've... I'm feeling my way with TikTok. And, and it's just... Um, but I'll tell you what, there's a hell of a lot of people out there. I did I did yeah. one on a, on a bit of Messerschmitt. So I have 65,000 views or something. It's just really? insane. Yeah. And it's what, a minute, is it? Yeah. Yeah, I need so to it, 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 you talk very, very fast. I need to get the band onto that. I need to get Fat Cops onto that. Yeah, it's way forward. Yeah, that's a good idea. Anyway, um, anyway. Uh, uh, should we do a question? We've got time for one question, I think. Yeah. Um, and it sort of t- kind of touches on um, what we've just been talking about, actually. So this is from Russell King. Um, Gents, loving the podcast and the live streams, doing wonders for the spirit of the troops in the far-flung global outposts of the independent company. <laughs> I have a question on naval air power, please. How much did the success of the Royal Navy's early use of air power, the Taranto raid on the Regia Marina in November uh, 1940, in the pursuit of the Bismarck in 1941, as examples, influence the thinking of the Imperial Japanese Navy with regard to Pearl Harbor and their subsequent... Pacific campaign or had they already arrived at the same conclusions thanks and keep up the great work cheers Russell well the 19th Lord Sempil um, comes into this doesn't he William Forbes Sempil spying for the Japanese (laughs) well the Japanese are certainly very aware of Taranto and they certainly do study it I mean you know if you're going to launch your own one of course you're going to look at previous ones aren't you I mean that's just that's just but they have the Japanese know exactly what we're doing navally they've known for the whole of the 20s and the 30s they've been they've been being told haven't they yeah and and they're keeping an eye on it because 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 the Royal Navy is the, the only navy in the—I mean—the interesting thing, of course, when we when we look at the interwar period, everyone thinks, oh, you know, British defence spending gets to cut and all that, and and things are paired back to the bone. <clears throat> but it's still the biggest defence spender in the world. Yes, uh, the United Kingdom or the British yeah. or Duke. Well, the United Kingdom and and is this no, you, still the United by, Kingdom, UK, by far the biggest defence spender in the world um, and biggest uh, arm producer in the early 1930s. Uh, exactly, and is and the thing that they're really spending money on is the navy. And the Navy is developing carriers, carrier technology, carrier techniques, uh, not night flying, um, uh, night night sorties and all that sort of stuff, which is what which is what Taranto is, is that, that Taranto is the culmination or rather or rather not the culmination. Taranto is, is the Navy applying the stuff it has at its disposal that early in the war. In a, in a, you know, we've just talked about how the army can't basically can't tie its shoelaces in the first two years of the Second World War, um, uh, uh, you know, and you've got the Navy doing stuff like this. As, as applied and, uh, uh, you know, intelligence-led and um, strategic as well. Uh, 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 with the, I mean, you know, the Navy's great problem is some of the kit's a bit 
crap. I mean, the fact you've got to do Taranto with swordfishes is sort of, you know, oh, crikey, but they're bloody good at it. You know, it's the, it's well, the, the, yeah, but the reason you have that, have the, the, the swordfish is, is because, you know, they can take off from a carrier really easily. Yeah, 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 of course. So you solve the problem of getting airplanes on and off carriers by having them being things with, you know, tons of lift and, and, they're, and they're docile and, and all that sort of stuff. In a way that, obviously, because the Spitfire famously is a, is a great failure as a carrier plane. It's a terrible carrier plane because the pilot can't see, the undercarriage is weak, you know, uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Navy, the, 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 the Japanese have very much been, they've been, they've been furnished with intelligence by uh, Lord Semple, who's a, Luckily, he's very fortunate. He's tried for treason, isn't he? He's basically given the flick out of um, you know he's he's caught spying in the interwar years and is still work and is still nevertheless part of the war. Yeah, effect. I've never got into the bottom of why that why he got away with all that and why he wasn't more harshly treated. But it's know. amazing. And yeah. it, uh, I mean, maybe Lock up maybe key, isn't it? Well, but is he not a pal of Churchill's and? Uh, you know, because because Semple, Semple comes co- quite completely. And we've talked about, again, this is a thing that we've touched on before, is he is worried about Bolshevism. He is absolutely terrified about Bolshevism. And he's one of those people who thinks that, that actually what Britain should be doing is doing whatever it can to bring the bring the Soviet Union down. And yeah. that that's the, that's my enemy's the enemy is my friend. Well, but also, but that's the, well, no, but in the, in, in the interwar years, that's the enemy. That's the global threat is yeah. international... Uh, communism, not, not. Yeah. Whatever. Frankly, it didn't go away, did it? <laughs> I mean... Well, 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 exactly, exactly. You know, this is the, the that that, that this, there's that school of thought, isn't it? The, the the British were wasting their times fighting the Soviets anyway. You know, blah 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 blah, fighting the Nazis anyway. It should have, but but he he in in the interwar years, he's he's sending loads and loads of stuff to the Japanese, and the Foreign Office know about it, and everyone knows about it. But for some reason, he he, you know. He breached. He admits breaching the Official Secrets Act. Ever the yeah. whole, it's, no, and it's, it's absolutely extraordinary. It's a really yeah. weird episode. That, as I say, I, I don't. I haven't looked into it enough to kind of know what what's going on there. I mean, maybe that's another another thing to look into, as long along with Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he's he's part, but I think maybe it's because he's connected. I mean, and he's connect, and he's part of the he's part of the sort of. Um, I'm terribly worried about Bolshevism crew, which is very well connected in the interwar years. But the fact that he, the fact that having spied for Japan, he's but, then allowed back in. Yeah, no, it's extraordinary. Know, extraordinary. But, but just go back just, at the Admiral at the flipping Admiralty, you know. But to go back to but, but to go back to the Navy, I mean, yeah. you know, what, what one has to remember is, you know, we we tend to sort of tie up Britain's war effort in the first part of the war all in one. But you know that that's sort of doing the navy a massive disservice because the navy yeah. in the first start of the war is is absolutely freaking brilliant, uh, yeah. and and you know the the Regia um, uh, um, Marina, the the, um, the 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 Italian Royal Navy, is is absolutely its most modern part. Yeah, and they've got some very talented and successful, yeah, you know, sailors in amongst their force. Yeah, and and the British absolutely run rings around them. I mean, they just neutralise that threat really, really quickly. Of which you know, Battle of yeah. Matapan is one, and and um, you know, and um, uh, Taranto is another, um, and they've got no answers to that. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and obviously the North Africa campaign is kind of also won by shipping, so it's quite important that 
the Royal yeah. Navy do stay on top, and they do stay on top. And you know, the, the the successful evacuations from Greece and from Crete, you know, again, that is due to naval supremacy. So yeah. we kind of we're we're sort of you know we're we're quick to sort of be to kind of um, deride the British Army in the first part of the war, but but you shouldn't shouldn't deride the Navy. The Navy were really really yeah. good. Really yeah. good. Well, and, you know, and, they and, were as, and, and they're look and and you know we, you were talking about the kind of the, the the shock value of of the Blitzkrieg years and you know whether that had a part on on Leslie Andrews' decision you know at Malemi you know just that being cowed by kind of the fact that it's yeah. Germans. Well, yeah, the Italians are definitely cowed by the fact that it's the Royal Navy. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, and so so the Japanese Imperial Navy obviously are keeping a very close eye on this is what they would seek to emulate. Um, And 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 again, you know, Japan is a maritime power in a way in the way that, you know, you you know, in the way that the UK is. It's off a continent, off a continent. It seeks to influence. Mm -hmm. um, It's trying to build a a navy by extension of its maritime uh, an empire by means of maritime intervention. I mean, it's it's uh, as parallel circumstances go, Japan and the United Kingdom, it's not far off, is it? Is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of what you're trying to achieve and what you're trying to do it with. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. The, the, talking the, the of which, by the way, talking yeah. of which, we've got to get John McManus back on. His, yeah, yeah. his, his book on the um, American army in the Pacific in 1944 is, whoa, it's good. Well, how really, many? Really, really good. I mean, the American army in the Pacific is, is gigantic, isn't it? This it's is the thing. so it's, much bigger than the US Marine Corps. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the Japanese attack on the perimeter that they create at Bougainville is just, it, it's insane. I mean, it's just, yeah. there's something about about which I knew very little. And it, and it is just the most catastrophically bad bit of generalship you've ever come across. <laughs> oh, no, not again. Yeah. We've been talking about bad generals a lot this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it's absolutely, it's incredible. Anyway. Well, anyway, I, that I, I think I, that I think is all we've got time for today. We're back on Thursday morning when our guest will be the American academic, Jill Lepore, um, which was, and that was a fascinating chat. Wasn't it? Um, and about about all sorts of other things as well. And it's one of those chats where you talk to someone, because um, she's taking a she's taking a sort of century-long broad view of, of a particular subject, and then we focus on an aspect of it, um, Axis Sally, which some of you may mm. or may not know about. Um, anyway. Fascinating, wasn't it? I really enjoyed that. really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There will, however, um, be a no, li- there no live stream this week. We're resting the live stream this week. I know I puffed it earlier, but we are resting it this week. To a, t- to a ton of commitments in every direction from everybody uh, but worry not we will be back the following week with something quite special so um, thanks It'll very be much for it. listening yeah, <laughs> it will definitely be worth it thanks very much for listening we'll see you soon bye bye cheerio